AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. It is a great day to get an update on what's happening in the used machinery market. It's time to check the trends for any sign of a cool off there. And the bean harvest is starting in Brazil. Ag Resource Company just wrapped up a tour of Mato Grosso. We'll get the details on today's AgriTalk. Live from the first 23 of 12 23s in 2023 via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning we'll begin with a conversation with Machinery Pete, Greg Peterson. Then it's Rafael Mandarino from Ag Resource Brazil. Right after the news, Brett Waltz from BAM WX. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Thank you so much. You know what? I like huh? it when you have fun with the dates. What, yeah. what, did, you, what did you say it was? It was. The, it's the first twenty-three of twelve twenty-threes in twenty twenty-three. That's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> See? That's it. Yeah, you yeah. say I don't pay any attention. No, you you clearly <laughs> caught that one. You know, and really, this is this could be sort of an evergreen uh, intro. Little quip here. At least until we get yeah. to, I don't know, 20, I guess technically 2028. If I'm going with like there's one right. every month, you know, then after that, then yeah. there's only 11, unless it's a leap year. The, yeah. Yeah. Boy, this is I'm getting confusing. You. You now I got to Google. You're on to something. You're you know on to something. Yeah. When the next I, leap what year I want is. you to do now is make sure. Yeah. What I want you to do is make sure that the, that the 23rd doesn't fall on a Saturday now. Ooh. Or a Sunday. You know? Well, my day just filled of, up. Hmm? My day just filled up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. I have awesome. my orders. <laughs> You're welcome. You are welcome. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, well, let's see. I've got to write that column for Farm Journal. I got uh-huh. some other things to do. And yeah. but hey, check that calendar, dude. Deep dive into calendar. the calendar. Deep dive. Bet on it. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, we're going to have a great conversation today. Uh, of course, get the update from Greg Peterson. Looking forward to that, as we always do. And then Rafael Mandarino, for the director of Ag Resource out of Brazil. They just wrapped up a tour through Mato Grosso. And I believe they've got a couple of other spots that they're going to check out in southern Brazil. But we'll get a we'll get an update from Rafael and, and find out what they saw uh on their tour last week so looking forward to that okay let's get to the news what do you got well chip treasury secretary janet yellen said the federal reserve likely would not accept a one trillion dollar platinum coin if the biden administration tried to mint one to avoid breaching the debt limit under a proposed scheme the treasury would mint a one trillion dollar coin and deposit it at the fed then draw the money to pay the country's bills chip why stop at a trillion you should, let's mint know. a how about a gazillion dollar coin that's what i would do why not just wipe it all exactly. out exactly you know exactly why not you know i i i think that uh this this uh item is exceptionally well written because it says under the proposed scheme mm-hmm. which makes it sound kind of fishy 
which yeah. it really would be. It kind of is. Yeah. Well, Chip, the EPA's proposed changes to atrazine labels are under fire. University of Missouri Extension weed specialist Kevin Bradley said in a news release, quote, if approved, this could be a substantial change in the way we use atrazine. The proposed changes would not take effect until the 2024 growing season at the earliest. However, the Missouri Corn Growers Association calculates the cost of replacing atrazine around $42 per acre. Chip, that gets expensive. Yeah, and it's in 60-plus products. It's one of the most tested uh, chemicals that we have ever used on the farm, and it's been proven safe time after time after time. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they want to mess with this. You know what? No, I do. I do. I mean, they're creating a problem out of nothing again. That's that's what they're doing. It's job security. Yeah. Sure. Well, Mexico's coming ban on imports of biotech corn will be the focus as USDA officials will be in Mexico today to discuss Mexico's recent offer to temper tensions around the ban, including holding off implementing it until 2025. But USDA says there is no compromise on the topic as they will continue to push Mexico to live up to commitments under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. No decision has been reached on sending German-made Leopard 2 main battle tanks to Ukraine after a meeting of Western and NATO leaders in Germany. Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, has pled for tanks to help his forces fend off Russia. Meanwhile, Poland's prime minister criticized Germany for wasting time and announced plans to build a coalition of countries ready to send advanced weaponry to Kiev. Yeah, the, you know... It, here, we're coming up. We're only a month away from the one-year anniversary mm-hmm. of uh, of Russia's invasion of of Ukraine, and I, I don't I don't see anybody thinking that this is a short-term endeavor anymore. I, right. I, that doesn't even come up in conversation. This is a long-haul situation. Well, Chip, China's economic reopening after years of strict pandemic controls is raising questions about whether it could spur costs higher again. Economists say the initial uncertainty will complicate matters for the Fed and other central banks that have been raising interest rates to fight inflation. And finally, Chip, a piece of good news here. The Biden administration has thrown its support behind Sustainable Aviation Fuels, or SAF, setting a goal for the U.S. to produce enough to meet 100% of jet fuel demand by 2050. Congress, in its 2022 climate, health care, and tax package, included a tax credit of $1.25 per gallon for blenders, using sustainable aviation fuel chip that is a lot of fuel yeah yeah i 100 mean, by 2050 i mean by you know, 2050 there's time i i mean it's like 30 some billion mm-hmm. gallons it, that's a yeah okay all right thank you davis hey you let's uh bring in brett waltz from bamwx.com brett good morning good morning chip how are you doing real fine real fine hey real quick Boy, Argentina got the range that they were looking for, didn't it? Yeah, there were some areas that got quite a bit of rain, several inches of rain. Uh, Rosario, Buenos Aires over the weekend. Uh, oh, overall, a really nice rain over just the past 72 hours for a good por- portion of the uh, primary growing areas. Yeah. All right. Uh, something that we obviously need to keep track of. But what about here? What about here in the U.S.? Uh, what are we expecting in the middle of the country? 
Yeah, so th there's a pretty uh, big winter storm that's going to be developing as we work over the next couple of days, especially as we work into late Tuesday um, and into Wednesday morning. It actually kind of starts down in the southern plains of parts of Oklahoma, Missouri, uh, southern Kansas there, and it really ramps up as it works into the Ohio Valley. So uh, some areas could get as much as five to eight inches of snowfall accumulation. It's really the first decent storm, the first decent winter storm so far of 2023 across some of these areas, you know, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, uh, I think from St. Louis to Indianapolis up towards Toledo, Ohio, uh, again, three to six, five to eight inches of snow on the table as the system moves through throughout the day on your Wednesday. Okay. That's on Wednesday. We're going to have a big group down in Nashville at the top producer summit on Wednesday. Does it stay North of Nashville? Yeah, it should. Okay. Uh, overall down there, you're going to be dealing with rain probably on Wednesday. Okay. Uh, but as far as wintry weather, that will be further up to the north, closer to the I-70 corridor. Gotcha. Gotcha. Brett, as always, thank you so much for the update, buddy. Yep. Thank you. All right. That is Brett Waltz, BAMWX.com. When we come back, it is time for our Monday update from Greg Peterson. Of course, we'll talk about what he learned in the past week. But he's got his eye on a big auction coming up at the end of this week as well. We'll get the details from Greg coming up in just a moment right here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Machine repeat here, folks. This segment of AgriTalk brought to you by our friends at Dakota Ag Innovations, makers of Dakota Shine, the best way I've seen to fix faded paint. Go to dakotashine.com or call 888-996-7801. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Laurie. Glad that you are with us this morning. Davis is here as well. Standing by. And... Yeah, and uh, it is Monday. That means it's time for our weekly update from Greg Peterson at Machinery Pete. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, guys. How are you doing? Doing real fine, real fine. I'm excited about this. Uh, so let's get right to it. Pick of the week. What do you got? Yeah, pick of the week. Not an auction price this week, but some news out of Montana and Georgia, actually, about uh, the return of the Big Bud tractor. Yeah. Uh, they're going to start... Uh, to make a new model, a model 640, a big equipment company out of uh, Haver, Montana, is partnering with Rome Agricultural and Construction Equipment out of Cedartown, Georgia. And now I think a number of years ago, maybe like 2016, there was uh, there was some verbiage about uh, doing this, but now it's it's happening. And actually, yeah. in March, uh, this March at the Con Expo, Con Ag International Trade Show in Vegas. 
they're going to be debuting this thing. Yeah. And uh, big equipment company posted on social media early last week a letter. Um, and I, we shared it on our Machine Repeat social media. So if you haven't seen it, folks, just hit our Facebook page. You'll find it. But guys, I found one paragraph towards the end, super interesting. And I think it was getting the farm equipment community jazzed up. It basically, it just said, one of the primary objectives of this project is to provide a tractor that, that has components that can be repaired by farmers, general mechanics without restriction. Yeah. And of course that, boy, you know, that goes right to the heart of, yeah. uh, you know, a big issue the last number of years and for farmers frustrations with not being able to work on things. Plus the whole aura of big bud, so it's really exciting news there last week. Yeah. You know, it came in the same week that Deer and the American Farm Bureau Federation signed a memo of understanding on right, right to repair. What are the details there, Greg? Well, you know, that was interesting. I saw the press release from Deer and you write the memo of understanding and I saw uh, President Duval had a, a statement on it. And uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've been talking to Deer people for many years on this and um I think they're just, you know, basically trying to shift it away from an, as best they can from an adversarial type of feel. Um, so they actually, you know, they do make the diagnostic tools available to farmers or mechanics, whoever. You just go to your dealer and you can buy these tools. Um, they've actually been available for a while. I, I just don't think dealers were maybe jumping yeah. up and down saying they, they had them for sale, but but they actually they're for sale now. and. I think there's some clauses in there, of course, you know, on, you know, in terms of safety and also right. in intellectual property that were important right. to deer to make sure that, the, you know, they're kind of covered and protected on that. And again, a big part of it for folks safety, but uh, again, just trying to be more open and um, let people, you know, get in there and do the work they, with the tools they need to, if they, if they yep. so desire. Exactly. Exactly. You know, on this big bud, some of the specs, in that letter that you posted, Greg, I, this, this unit's going to weigh like 70,000 pounds or something. Yeah. It was really interesting. The comments, uh, you know, Caterpillar components and the weight. Yeah. And uh, of course, a lot of people interested in the cost. They didn't, you know, there was no verbiage on that yet. That'll, that'll come out, but uh, um, yeah, it'll be super interesting. And then a lot of commentary too, about that paragraph I just read and it's like yeah. folks going, well, wait a minute. Aren't there national, aren't, don't we have laws on the books with engines and all that stuff? And I, I don't know the answer there. Um, if yeah. some people were commenting saying, well, there's an exemption for if you're a quote unquote small manufacturer, whatever the heck that means. I don't know. I'm hoping to get more into the details as, as the release okay. comes out in March. I, I wasn't planning a trip to Vegas. I don't know. I've actually never been to Vegas. I'm a Norwegian. I'm not a gambling guy. <laughs> But uh, I'm thinking about, I might need to get out there and uh, see this thing and report yeah. as it's being released. But yeah, big news there last week for sure. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right. Let's get on to some of the auction reports. What did you see over in Illinois? Yeah, last Wednesday, uh, sale by my friends at Schmidt Auction, uh, Trent and the crew there. They had an retire online retirement sale for Leon. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce Leon's last name. We'll just say Leon last okay. Wednesday. And out of Totopolis, Illinois. And folks, if you love Magnum tractors, I hope you saw these uh, pair of kind of rare two-wheel drives. You don't see many of uh, the mag early Magnums, but they had a 93 model 7130 two-wheel drive, just under 5,600 hours that sold for 57.3. And that's the highest auction price I've ever seen on a two-wheel drive 7130. 
Interesting note, uh, Schmidt Auction sold the previous record as well at 50,500 back a while ago. That was a 92 model with just over 4,100 hours. But yeah. same sale, they had a two-wheel drive uh, 7140, a 91 model. You really don't see many of those around. Just under 5,500 hours, that one for 55.2, second highest auction price ever on a two-wheel drive 7140, uh, trailing only one from Neoga, Illinois back. Uh, that would have been nine plus years ago, November of 13 hmm. at 61K. So okay. a couple of couple of pretty two-wheel drive magnums that sold really well there Wednesday. Yeah. And I wouldn't call it super high houred machines, but higher houred machines still pulling in a pretty good yeah. price there. Yeah. You know, it's interesting again. The, so an example that that 61,000 record price on the 7142 wheel drive from, uh, you know, nine years ago that had 2,982 hours. So yeah. what you pointed out, Chip, is, is something we've been seeing the last 18 months higher hour, but very nice condition tractors selling. Yep. Well, in fact, we just saw a record on the two-wheel drive 7120. Uh, that was back from Ladonia, Missouri on December 3rd. We had a 91 model, 5,018 hours go for 70K. So now we've seen two-wheel drive yep. record on the 7120, 7130, and almost on the 7140 here in gotcha. two months. Gotcha. All right. Uh, take us down south. What have you got there? Yeah, still seeing really strong prices out of the deep south, which again, to me, has always been a sure sign of a red hot market. So Saturday out of Robertsdale, Alabama, uh, my friends at Clayton Auction sold a 21 model John Deere 5115M, uh, 680 hours on a loader for 80,000 bucks. That's the third highest price ever there on a 5115M with a loader. So that was a strong price. And then Saturday night, if we hopped over to Chester, Virginia, Okay. My friends at Rich and Rich Auctioneers, older combines have been really hot um, as the very late model ones cool off. But they had a, it was an online farm estate sale for uh, Stanley Horak, and he had a John Deere 9560 STS, 1171 SEP hours on it, one for 81.6. So again, I think, uh, you know, strong pricing out of the deep south when uh, that good condition stuff pops up. Right. Okay. Um, what do you feel, Greg? Do you feel like this? What's the temperature of the market? Uh, same as we saw coming out of the end of 22, I think, Chip. Okay. Uh, still a supply issue for both new and good use. I really got my eye on a, just, I think what could be a barn burner of a sale Friday over in Rockville, Indiana, a okay. uh, sale by Celebration Auction Services, retirement sale for Daryl Stalker. This low houred stuff, tractors have been hot. So they've got a 2009 John Deere 8230, 2,819 hours. I think I've seen a record four times. The record's been set on 8230 since June. So that could be a hot one. They also have a 99 model Deere 8400 with 3,641 hours and a beautiful older combine, just exactly like we talked about. They got a 2008 Case H 2577, 1,836 up hours. And grain trucks, my goodness, have they been hot? They've got a 07 International 4400 tandem twin screw with 184,000 miles. So, again, that's by Celebration Auction Services this Friday, the 27th, in Rockville, Indiana, folks. So, keep an eye on that one. That could be a hot sale. Okay. What about the volume that we're dealing with right now at the start of the year, Greg? It seems that you, you've obviously been tracking this much more closely than I have for the last 35 years, but it seems a little slow on the offerings right now. 
Yeah, it is slow. Um, I would say last, I'd say the last five years plus January has really, uh, I think what's happened honestly is the focus on the year end sales, November and December, Mm -hmm. just the general awareness of the, you know, the push for year end tax buying it's, it's over the last five to 10 years, it's pushed what used to be a lot of the January, early February sales into the year end. And so last, you know, five, six years, January has kind of become a little mini ghost town, which I think sort of when you do have a nice sale now in January, it stands out so much. So the sales we're seeing, mm-hmm. like I said, out of the South, wherever mm-hmm. the, the sales have been strong. So um, yeah, it is interesting though. There's, there's not a ton of auctions around at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to, as, as the activity ramps up, well, I would suspect that it's going to ramp up ahead of Springfield work in the Midwest, won't it? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You know, it, uh, you get into March, March is, I always thought March is the, the still the busiest time of year for yeah. auctions. It's being pushed now by November, December, but it'll, it'll be hopping for sure. Yeah. So that'll be the next really good opportunity for right. a test of the market in here, but yep. Uh, we will continue to watch things as they develop. Greg, good stuff, buddy. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks, guys. You bet. That is Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. Okay, crop tour time down in Brazil, Mato Grosso, Brazil to be specific. We're going to get the details next here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Brian, uh, obvious reaction to the rains in Argentina. Uh, But the thing is, we're down here knocking on some pretty critical support levels in soybeans right now, aren't we? Absolutely. Uh, You know, and soybeans, soy meal, they let us down uh, through the overnight session and early during daytime trade and and continue to trade sharply lower. Uh, Now, they've worked off their lows. Um, so there is that, but uh, definitely, uh, you know, downside breakout, uh, technical, um, you know, violating support, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the, the critical thing is here, the, the, this is broad based across the, the grain and soy markets this yeah. morning. Uh, actually, the wheat market, winter wheat contracts are leading us to the downside right now with HRW um, pacing the losses there. Yeah. Uh, corn market, uh, it's down around a dime in, in most of the contracts. So really broad-based sell-off here in the uh, grain and soy markets. Yeah, and because the grain, the, the wheat market is kind of leading the way, it makes me think and is, is certainly evidence that it is more than just rains in Argentina that are affecting the markets here this morning okay take us over to the livestock trade what are you seeing 
Well, I'm going to start with feeder cattle because of that sharp, uh, the sharp declines in the uh, corn market. So they're trading moderately to sharply to the upside. Um, that's influencing live cattle market a little bit. Uh, live cattle futures are trading uh, mildly firmer in most contracts. Now, last Friday's cattle on feed report, uh, all three categories were slightly on the negative side of the average pre-report estimates, but not enough to move the market. And, and uh, we opened slightly weaker this morning and, and now slightly firmer, like I mentioned. Hog market uh, continues to face pressure because of the uh, the falling cash index. So we got uh, corrected gains Friday and those are gone now today. All right. Thank you so much, Brian. That is Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. AgriTalk. And welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us this morning. Okay, it's crop tour time, right? Uh, let's get the report. Rafael Mandarino is the director of Ag Resource Brazil, and Rafael joins us right now. Welcome to AgriTalk, sir. How are you? Thank you, Chip. Thank you, everybody. We are good. We are good. very happy on what we we achieved. We are very happy to show you guys what we are bringing on Brazil side. Okay, excellent. So tell me about this tour. Uh, where did you travel? How many yield checks? How many days? Who comes along? Sir, uh, every single year, AG Resource Brazil tries to check some numbers, uh, especially on those uh, estates that are really representative and we might have some uh, difficulty on measuring. Everybody is talking about Rio Grande do Sul, about the losses pretty much on Argentina. But uh, going forward on checking our client's number or on the, the perspective of the, on what we receive daily from them, we decided to go again. Since last year we went for, for Mato Grosso, uh, it was an issue. Everybody was talking. Uh, this year, we try to check Mato Grosso numbers again. Pretty much, uh, it's simple. Uh, Mato Grosso is uh, very representative. Uh, for sure, they're going to produce much more than what Argentina is bringing this year. And uh, we decided to go for a different road, different kind of uh, uh, cities that for sure uh, we need to check and uh, also uh, show on Mato Grosso uh, farmer, their uh, hardworking, their productions, and yeah. uh, for sure the sustainability that they do have for our AG resource staff globally. So gotcha. uh, for the first day, we went from the region that uh, the heart of soybeans on Mato Grosso from Sinop and Surizo. We okay. went uh, for a farmer there. We checked some yields. We uh, stopped pretty much like uh, every single 50 kilometers that we drove and okay. uh, we drove for the whole state pretty much like uh, 900 kilometers. So uh, we were checking, uh, going center northern Mato Grosso, that region of uh, Sinopolis, Rizzo. And uh, even so, we faced some uh, few issues as last year, some uh, plants breaking, that uh, some yeah. kind of fungus disease uh, that we had on the past two, two years. Uh, that's not, this is growing for sure, widespread on Mato Grosso, but this, this is not uh, the same issue that we got uh, on desert, that those areas that we checked 
Okay. Uh, and yields uh, are pretty much more, uh, uh, they are better than what we had last year for sure so okay farmers okay. are pretty right. much like happy go for it sorry sorry uh, very yeah <laughs> feeling if pretty you let good me, about I go. I'll go what they you. got yeah so Raphael, the the reports of these diseases that are unidentified we kind of created a buzz through the industry a little bit last week and what you're talking about the the one disease must be some sort of a stock rot because it, it just the, the the stalk or the stem breaks off very easily at the ground level. Is that right? Yeah, uh, it's some kind of fungus for sure. Uh, I think uh, we do have a foundation in Mato Grosso. They're pretty much like a, a farmer's uh, initiative on investing. Uh, and they found two new fungus that are pretty much like happening here. I don't know the, the name of the fungus right now for you, sir. But yeah. they are trying to confirm uh, and I start from inside to the outside. So with heavy rains that you do have on Mato Grosso, that's for mm -hmm. sure what's uh, causing the break-ins. Uh, and we do have like some pods rotting. Uh, they are trying to understand also, but uh, yeah, the pods are like splitting open along the seam, right? Is, yeah, is the yeah. second one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's it. I think you guys uh, received some pictures, and yeah. uh, we, we we could check this for sure. Yeah, uh, very but, good. Uh, uh, we're pretty much like a confident uh, on uh, the yields and uh, the numbers on the state. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked uh, along this trip. We went from this Cerezo. We went for uh, Campo Novo. It's pretty much like a western side of the the, the state. And then Campo yeah. Novo, we talked some to some industries. We went for Nova Maringá. It's a, a region pretty much like going uh, western uh, on Cerezo and Sinop also. Uh, okay. We checked several fields. We've checked several areas. We talked to producers, and the it's simple. Uh, we're gonna have a better production this yeah. year than that what we have last year. Yeah, yeah. So when you go in and you do the pod counts and you take a look at how many pods there are per plant, and then you 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 calculate a yield based on that data that you are are collecting. When the farmers see those estimates, what's their reaction? Do they agree with what you're coming up with in the field? Uh, and you've got some combines that are rolling down there. Are these these good yields? Are they being confirmed by the by the harvest results? Yes, sir. Yes, we do have some confirmation about these combines going forward. Uh, yeah. They're pretty much like a grabbing ten percent more on the first estimate that that we're doing. Uh, we do have a state average on. Uh, pod counting that are pretty much like uh, uh, affirming that we're going to have like 60.3 on this estimate on bushel wow. per acre is too much. Uh, I think we might have some uh, going forward issues that uh, might reduce these a little. But uh, Mato Grosso, we are estimate and also uh, we did some reviews on numbers that uh, we might achieve something like a 43 millimetons for the state. That's a little wow. bit uh, less on the 60.3 trend on the whole state, but uh, for sure, it's a great number. We're going to have like a great uh, increase on the, the participation on Mato Grosso side in Brazil. And we need to uh, pay attention that uh, pretty much on what we are seeing on Mato Grosso, it's happening all over Brazil, pretty much excluding Rio Grande. Wow. Uh, so Goiás, I do, uh, I, I also am a farmer, so I do have some area planted and uh, my 
uh, projection yield is pretty much like a, a bigger than what we have last year. Uh, on the my region, southern uh, Goiás is a trend. Everybody's yep. uh, grabbing more uh, uh, yields, but uh, I think it's not uh, the same uh, that we are seeing. So I mean that I can affirm for sure that's going to happen on the corn side. Uh, I know that pretty much we are talking about soybeans here, but yeah. uh, on the corn side, I think it's too early to affirm this because we had some cloudiness number, uh, cloudiness day, sorry, that uh, creates uh, 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 bigger uh, days to finish these soybeans. Yep. So we ha might have some final issues and a fi final downside uh, trend on these soybeans to... Okay. Uh, compensate those days, and uh, this probably will be observed by and uh, uh, pay, paying attention uh, on the current side of of Agricultural Brazil, and for sure we can report yeah. these and send you guys those those okay. numbers. Okay, excellent, excellent. Uh, Rafael, it, is Mato Grosso where most of the expansion in bean acres is happening? Yes, sir. Uh, EMEA is doing pretty much a great uh, job, and uh, I must uh, congratulate those guys. I do have some some contacts inside, and these guys are pretty much like a, 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 the skyrocket on the market for sure. They're doing a great job, and uh, what they predict for 2022, doing some estimates uh, or doing some outlook on 2015, I think, 2014, is that uh, Mato Grosso will probably reach these 40 million metric tons by 2022. They got it right. So yeah. uh, they did some estimates going forward, uh, looking for an outlook for 2030. And mm. they are projecting that Mato Grosso will for sure uh, be producing on the bottom side, 54 million metric tons. Oh. So that's a great increase. And uh, also uh, that was... Uh, uh, very, very, very good to see because uh, Ben Buckner, our analyst uh, on G-Resource mm -hmm. uh, company in Chicago, uh, he asked for uh, the uh, technical director there, and he asked, like, uh, do you guys have any, any prediction on what Matagros will be increasing and also about this sustainable, uh, sustainable side? Yeah. And uh, can you share with us? And the, the guy just, uh, just a minute, and he got his laptop um, yeah. from the desk and I showed that uh, Matagrosso can grow pretty much like a 25, 30% on area yeah. without opening any more forestry. So wow. only on pressure that are being, uh, already degraded uh, with a great uh, opportunity for the soybeans on the nice yield. So uh, if we do have like uh, this 25%, uh, mm -hmm. I did some estimates on what we are expecting in the, those 53 millimetric tons by 2030, these will for sure be confirmed if wow. uh, we do have these increases. So uh, on the top uh, top side, like uh, on the best scenario, they are yep. projecting something like a 63.95. Man, That's holy smokes. Okay, Raphael, we've only got uh, like 40 seconds uh, left here. For the entire country of Brazil, that 150 million metric ton bean crop it's not in the bin yet, but boy, we're close to, it seems really likely, doesn't it? Yes, sir. And uh, is is our number that uh, we are pretty much working is pretty much like uh, uh, in the middle of 154 to 155. Oh. So 
Okay. If this continues, we're going to have a rate and uh, for sure offsetting Argentina losses. The world's biggest bean crop ever being grown down in Brazil right now. Rafael, thank you so much for making time for us and and giving us some of the details from your from your tour last week and and sharing what you guys know. Thank you so much. Let's stay in touch. It was a pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Always available. Excellent. 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 That is Rafael Mandarino. He is the director of Ag Resource there in Brazil. Okay. We've got to recap some of those conversations that we just had with Rafael. Davis and I will be right back here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgriTalk is brought to you by Golden Harvest. The foundations of a successful season begin with Golden Harvest Game-Changing Corn. Find your hybrid at GameChangingCorn.com. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Your pal Davis Michelson here. Chip Flory looking on. Yes. Um, Some information for you here. A little update. Okay. I wanted to clear some things off my calendar for this afternoon. Uh, I got I got a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I hate to be too busy. Yeah, I can help it. You know. Yeah. Need my think time. Twenty twenty four, the next leap year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I didn't know this. I I almost kind of feel silly about it. To be a leap year, the year must be divisible by four. That's how we can remember it from here on out. Must be divisible by four. That's right. So 2024, then 2028, which, you know, sadly, and I don't know. I haven't done the research on this to know when the 29th, like, it, it's a shame that in 2029, yeah. the 29th, which is the hallmark of a leap year of February, the 29th of February, yep. um, you know, it's, it's just sort of this outcast day. Like, yeah. does that day even exist in 2028? I don't know. We don't have the technology to figure that out. <laughs> as far as the 23rds go, there will not yes. be 12 23rds announced on AgriTalk. Uh, in July and April, the 23rds fall on Sundays. And in okay. December and September, the 23rds of the month fall on Saturdays. Okay. So, see, that's so just eight, just eight 23rds to talk just eight about of them. in yep, 23. Yep. And really okay. now just seven. Seven just seven. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we've got this solved. Got it nailed down. I don't know what I'm yeah, going to do man. with the rest of my day now. Probably something <laughs> really important. 
You know, I've cleared up. <laughs> I've cleared out some some brain space is what I've done here. Yes. Solidified some ideas. I got a question for you. Okay. I hadn't I hadn't thought about this, and I tell me if I'm way off. If I'm uh, the right to repair stuff. Mm-hmm. Now we're we're Americans, right? Mm-hmm. If I want to fix my own thing, I'm gonna fix it. Don't tell me yeah. I can't fix it. Don't get in my yeah. way of fixing it. I understand that. I get that. I I am that way as well. If if I can fix it. Doggone it, I at least want to be given the opportunity to try. Okay. Don't stand in my way. You know, in All whatever right. way, in whatever form that might take, don't stand in my way. Let me okay. let me give it a shot. There's a safety issue when you're working with enormoid implements. Oh, like yeah. what farmers have to deal with. I mean, yeah. and the other, you know, my tendency also with don't get in my way sometimes is to get out over my skis and get oh. myself into trouble. Dude, dude, listen, I understand that that uh, there are many farmers that can tear into an engine yeah. and rebuild it and make it better than, than it ever was. I get that. I am not mechanically inclined like that. Not that not is either. not no. that. So I understand the right to repair and why it is needed because, and it, you know what, this isn't just for major overhauls or anything like that. I mean, the guys sure. want to change oil. They want to do regular service right. on their, on their own equipment. I oh. get that. And, and that kind of thing. Yeah, I can, I can handle that, mm-hmm. but uh, the, this right to repair is it's, it, it's, part of farming in many ways and i don't want to trivialize it trivialize this because this is mm-hmm. a, an issue that uh, is very important to a lot of a, a lot of producers they want to be able to work on their own equipment and they they've got that ability now and as as greg was saying uh they've been able to do it for a little while it just hasn't been all that publicized well Yep. Now with that memo of understanding between John Deere and and American Farm Bureau and others, they've the it it's becoming more and more well known that that you can do it. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And you know that's great and everything. I I guess I would just say you know from a guy who's really only qualified to rebuild paragraphs, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> safety right. first, everybody. Just safety first. Know your limits. <laughs> respect the danger. Know your limits. Um, exactly. Um, speaking of ginormous, uh, a ginormous crop apparently somewhat confirmed by Rafael Mandarino out of yeah. Ag Resource Brazil. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That the uh, crop there in Mato Grosso is about as good as it has ever been, is what I understand based on the reports. There, some of the uh, some of the disease issues I think farmers are concerned about. There's been some comments. Uh, that it's it's a good thing that I can hit the translate on some of the social media <laughs> and translate oh, from Portuguese yeah. into yeah. Uh, into English. But there is some concern about these diseases. They they don't like that they don't have a good handle on exactly what it is, and that they don't have a uh, a treatment. And because think about it, they're spraying fungicide more than what we do in the United States 
to control Asian soybean rust. Uh, so if if the fungicides that they are using are are not preventing the development or the 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 these two different fungal diseases, one that's causing the a very brittle stem, and the other is is causing pods at the bottom of the plant to split along the seam mm. of, of those pods and it, it it's either you know hammering the quality of those seeds or you're losing them or you're losing them to the ground and or to the header because when you when you combine it the, we talk about harvest loss a lot well there's yeah. there's the great risk for some harvest loss on those soybeans that have that that are dealing with that disease on the pods so is that unique uh, to brazil to i've never heard you mention that, that on on crop tours around here about about splitting on the seams like that no uh-uh. no huh. a- absolutely not i i have no idea what that would be so yeah wow. uh, i it, and they're dealing with it they'll get it figured out they'll get it oh, figured yeah. out and and hopefully we'll get some sort of a control measure figured out but the expansion pace that we're that oh, Raphael awesome. talked about, yeah, yeah. I, it's that is going to be a big, big, big challenge for United States to deal with in the years ahead. There's no question about that. All right, thanks for listening this morning. Come back this afternoon, Clayton Pope, Clayton Pope Commodities, right here on Agritalk.